Do you want to hear what the best and most influential minds in the golf and turf industry have to say on issues affecting the world of golf? Turf grass and turf equipment? That's why I'm here. Tune in as Steven Tucker takes us on a journey with some of the nation's best minds and finds out what they think. If you were looking for excitement, you have found the right place. Welcome to the Turf Addict Podcast. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to this week's podcast. Um, exciting this week. I've got uh, Manny Gann from John Deere with me this week and uh, talk about some exciting things. I mean, obviously, over the last what couple of months, we've seen uh, a lot of the stuff on Twitter from their autonomous uh, machines that they're they're looking at putting out in the industry, and and so it'd be a great opportunity to talk to him uh, about that and and about the industry as well. So. Uh, Manny, great to have you here, um, and uh, look forward to the to the conversation. Glad to have you. Oh, thank you, uh, Stephen. It's it's my pleasure to be with you and uh, all the folks that uh, will be on and and listening to us. Uh, I can't thank you enough for for the opportunity. It, uh, I look forward to this conversation for sure. Yeah, man. So first off, I hear uh, through the grapevine that you're a huge LSU fan. Yeah, Stephen, um, I'm fortunate enough uh, to be uh, born and raised uh, down in South Louisiana, and uh, folks like to call me a Bayou boy, and uh, that means uh, I probably had the chance to see uh, my favorite college football team play once or twice, and and that is LSU. I I was fortunate enough to go to school there. I I actually uh, lived only about 20 minutes from the stadium and. since I think I was in diapers, I started going to uh, to football games. So uh, this year we're we're smiling a lot. Uh, we're getting ready to uh, see uh, how it goes over the next couple of weeks here, and got a big game on on Saturday against the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, who I happened to go to grad school. So I got uh, my graduate degree at the University of Georgia. But there's no there's no conflict uh, on Saturday. <laughs> I, I'm truly an LSU fan. So. Uh, yeah, I uh, I follow the Tigers hard and uh, proud to be from uh, South Louisiana. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm a Florida Gator, and we tried. <laughs> well, the Gators are are quite uh, quite a great football uh, university, and uh, um, we've had some great great matchups with with the Gators over the years. And especially, I remember being in the Tiger Stadium when Tebow came and. Uh, boy, those were some some amazing battles, and we also were uh, uh, unfortunately on the losing end of many of the Steve Spurrier oh, yeah. days of uh, fun and gun. And so uh, uh, the Gators are quite uh, quite a team. Yeah, they they're getting better. We're we're you know, look for us in the next couple of years to be back competing. So I, I believe that. <laughs> All right, so tell us a little bit about what attracted you to John Deere. How'd you get How'd you get involved with them? And was it out of school? You know, what? Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, thanks for asking. You know, I I uh, actually was working for RGR Nabisco right out of college, um, and I had done an internship with them, and uh, it's been about five years with them. And then I just decided that hey, I think. Uh, I might look at uh, some other opportunities and uh, was fortunate enough to get introduced to uh, a colleague that uh, who's with me today uh, who uh, was a region sales manager and uh, he started talking about uh, John Deere and um, I, uh, I did some research and wanted to know more and 
Um, you know, I think uh, as I learned more about John Deere, the brand, and, and who they were, and the people who worked at Deere, um, my interest really peaked pretty quickly. And, you know, we like to say today that, you know, we kind of have a higher purpose at Deere. Um, we, we aspire to um, uh, feed, clothe, and shelter uh, folks all over the world, and, and that includes uh, helping um, colleagues uh, who are taking care of both women and men of every hole on a golf course every morning all over the world. And uh, having that opportunity to work with a company like Deer and the brand and then uh, really helping people and customers all over the globe um, has been just tremendous. And I've been very, very fortunate to be in sales, marketing, operations, product management, product development uh, over the years. And actually getting ready to celebrate December 15th, 23 years with Deer, wow. um, which has been amazing. It's gone really, really fast. And um, 17 of those 23 years uh, on the turf side. So I spent the majority of my career uh, in the turf business and uh, um, it's been, it's just been amazing. And, and, you know, I feel fortunate every day, um, somewhere in the world, I'm, I'm trying to help customers and, uh, um, I have the opportunity to work directly with customers all over the globe in the golf and sports turf business. So, um, it's been a great run and, and, uh, Deer's just have been a great company to work with. Well, first off, congratulations on the, on the anniversary. Um, you know, that's saying something and, you know, in the golf and turf industry for, for anyone to be at any place in a, for a long period of time. Um, and so, uh, you know, congratulations on that. And one of the things you talked about was, you know, challenge, you know, challenges that deer helps with and those types of things. I mean, obviously the golf and turf industry has had its struggles over the last few years, um, and still continue to struggle in some areas. Labor obviously is a big one. Um, how do you feel John Deere can help the industry moving forward? Yeah, you know, Stephen, I, I think about that often, and uh, I guess those are some things that keep me up at night is is the industry itself and, and then how do we work directly with the industry to help everyone. And, and uh, in many cases, we, we can work very closely and create solutions, and then at many other times, we need to work uh, with partners and others to uh, help the industry, and that's supporting the industry in, in multitude of ways. And we believe with our Green Start Academy to help uh, assisted superintendents and education is really critical. In fact, we just announced with GCFAA um, the opportunity for students to have a membership and, and start learning more about this industry and the amazing opportunities that folks can have a career in this golf uh, industry. And uh, I think that's really on us as OEMs and us at John Deere is to get that message out that the industry is, is success. It, you can be successful in this industry. You can build a, a long-term career in this industry. And there's lots of opportunities, but folks really don't know that. Um, specifically around technician opportunities. You think about uh, assistant uh, equipment manager opportunities, equipment manager opportunities, assistant superintendent opportunities. Uh, there's tremendous amount of opportunities for folks to get into this industry, and I think it's on us at Deer and and, uh, and others to make sure we're communicating uh, that those uh, opportunities exist and then help 
uh, folks realize those uh, that path to get there. And so um, I think that's one way we can help, quite frankly, is is more work around students learning what we are about in the industry and then how to get into our industry and then really the visibility of what they can become if they so choose in this industry. And uh, we look forward to continuing down that path. We're investing heavily uh, on that and in those areas, um, both in the technician side of it, the equipment uh, manager side of it, and the assistant superintendent side of it and superintendent side of it. And you'll, you'll continue to see us do that um, as we move forward in the future, for sure. Well, that's great. So I, I mentioned labor, right? You know, it's obviously a challenge for many golf courses around the country. And everyone's seen the autonomous mowers that John Deere is working on. So do you think autom- automation and autonomous equipment is the answer to the labor issue? You know, that's a very interesting question, Stephen. I'm glad you asked me that. Um, I get asked that a lot. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to work on uh, the autonomous side of the business um, for a number of years now, looking for the right solutions to bring to the industry. You know, I think what autonomous does, it it just complements our total solutions to the industry. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be one who would say, hey, that's the, that's the end all uh, for um, many of the challenges that are out there. I think it's a complement and it's a solution that helps solve the end game of what jobs need to be done and how do I get those jobs done as efficiently and effectively as possible. I also think autonomous potentially helps with managing uh, the labor force in other words, how do you maximize the labor that you have? Um, there's probably on any given day or any given week or any given month, lots of jobs that a superintendent wants to get done. And for whatever reason, you know, there's too much mowing to be done. There's, there's lots of rough to be cut. They probably can't get to all the jobs that they would like to do, i.e., hey, I'd like to pick up all the pine cones uh, on my uh, all golf course and, and improve the play ability of my course and elevate the the course itself. I think autonomous solutions help manage that labor so you can get to those jobs that you always want to get to, but you just don't have the time to do that. And so we see that really as a solution that helps maximize your labor and allows you really to build a golf course that you really envision one day that you want to deliver to your members or to the paying public for sure. So autonomous is definitely, a, a, I think, a path and a solution that's going to help the whole industry achieve their goals long term. Do you, as far as that subject, I mean, do you, obviously autonomous machines have a lot more technology in them, um, cost more to make. Um, and a lot of the struggles, frankly, are with golf courses that are lower budget, maybe don't have the money to pay, you know, their labor, um, as much as some others do, you know, do you think it's, um, it's challenging to balance the cost of the machine and, and then also the labor to some of the lower end clubs or what are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, you know, I think value is, is always the equation that everybody is balancing, right? What yeah. is the total value equation uh, that a solution um, gives to us, whoever is managing a golf course or multiple golf courses? 
And I think that that opportunity will always be there, um, whether that's new equipment or it's an opportunity to buy used equipment or it's an opportunity to buy new technology. Um, I think that value equation is one that we always are, are thinking about uh, as we look at customers around the globe and where it makes sense. And I also think that with operating budgets, that's a part of how a, a superintendent or a general manager or assistant superintendent determines where can they get the best bang for their buck and what pieces or solutions will allow them with the operating budgets that they do have to be most effective and efficient. And so um, I think that's, that total value is really where um, we are focused on and really we have to make sure that we're uh, bringing to the marketplace and communicating that uh, to the market and also showing the market the value. And I think that's where uh, potentially autonomous solutions help. Um, and then I also think where uh, the future technologies that come may really come into play. Okay. Well, that's great. So <clears throat> I own a Tesla, right? Um, and they've made quite an impression on the auto industry with the lithium vehicles. Do you see this type of technology having more and more integration in the golf industry? Well, the next time we gather, I want to ride in your Tesla because uh, those are amazing vehicles. There's no doubt. I've had the pleasure of being in one uh, while I was in Europe one time and, and truly enjoy it. Uh, I, I uh, have a deep appreciation for that company and what they've done uh, for the automobile industry. Um, I do believe um, that uh, electrification as a power source does have a lot of advantages and whether that's noise or that's regulatory issues um it's also the ability to uh, uh change the fuel source um and from an emissions perspective um I, you know all of those factors certainly are um intricate in what you want to deliver to the industry in the future and i and i would certainly think that uh, as we continue uh, as a company who looks to provide great solutions to the marketplace, um, electrification has to be a part of our solutions in the future. And uh, certainly, there's um, some leading uh, customer or leading companies out there that are using electrification um, from an auto automobile perspective and in other adjacent industries. And we're learning as they are learning also what that can do um, for solutions in the future. I also think um, electrification allows machines to be even smarter in the future. And I think that's really critical, especially as we as a company look to bring our precision turf strategy uh, to the marketplace. You know, we believe technology, connectivity, and electrification are three uh, foundational solutions to our precision turf uh, strategy. And I, I can see in the future where all the machines are connected and you're getting real-time data on all the machines that are out working on your golf course. And then you'll allow you to manage directly both the machines, your labor, all your inputs, and truly deliver um, a solution set that allows you to be as effective and efficient as possible even to the point where you were asking earlier about labor and how do you maximize your labor, I think that precision turf strategy, electrification, smarter machines, artificial intelligence really helps you maximize labor in the future, and, and that's what we look forward to doing in the future. 
Well, that's awesome. I, you know, I know from a technology standpoint, I, you know, I try to be on the edge of it. And mainly, you know, I'm not necessarily what I'd call an early adopter, but I am a very, um, I don't know, data-driven one. Um, when it makes sense for our operation, then it's something that we really take a look at. Um, so I've got two of the GPS sprayers, right, from you guys. I, I think we got, what, the first two of them or something uh, that you guys sent out. And, and do you feel, do, do you see a lot of these being sold? Um, and do you feel that it's being slowly adopted? I know, you know, from my days with the, with the IGCMA and, we did a virtual trade show for the golf industry and you know, it was like one of those things like what in the world, right? The, you know, this is like 20 years ahead of where we, we are. And, and it just seems like sometimes in the golf business, we're a little slow to adapt. Uh, technology comes out and it's slowly, 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 a couple people jump on it here and there. Do you see more people early adopting than we used to see? Or do you feel that we're still kind of hesitant when we when we look at some of these some of these things? Yeah. Uh, first, let me thank you for uh, your um, that you bought two of our GPS sprayers. I really appreciate that. We thank you for your business, and um, certainly we hope that that those GPS sprayers are are uh, delivering the value that we uh, certainly put into them and that you're seeing some of those cost benefits from a chemical perspective and labor time savings perspective that GPS sprayers do deliver. I, I would tell you, um, you know, we've been very fortunate inside of Deer to leverage a lot of what we've been doing on the, in our entire enterprise around GPS technology. In fact, um, we've probably had GPS technology in some form or fashion and solutions inside of our company for over 20 years. And we were working closely um, with the United States government around GPS technology way back uh, when we first started just to make sure that we were very precise and that they helped us and we helped them in our efforts to, to deliver that precision. And literally, you know, sub-inch accuracy is something that we've been able to deliver now for, for over 15 years um, from a solution perspective inside of our company. It's that type of understanding, it's that type of knowledge that allowed us really to transfer and leverage that into the golf space. And literally, that capability is now on our GPS sprayer that we have used previously in other parts of our business and we're able to deliver that to golf superintendents all over the globe. I would tell you, as we continue to demo and talk about GPS spraying and other superintendents so, uh, that your colleagues and peers who have bought GPS sprayers are out communicating um, to their peers in their uh, uh, communities, we're hearing more and more requests of, hey, can you please share with uh, – um, you're able to deliver with your GPS sprayer. Um, we are certainly seeing um, adoption uh, uh, increases across the board for GPS sprayers. And um, I would tell you almost every time we get a, uh, a call around uh, a sprayer, uh, folks are asking, tell me more about GPS spraying first, and then uh, they'll make the decision. And we've been very, very excited about our progress, um, and we just see that continuing to grow. Uh, and I can assure you that uh, 
uh, next year will 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 grow again for sure. And so, um, to your point, uh, I think uh, GPS is here to stay, not only in spring but in many other uh, solutions out on the golf course in the future. And we look forward to being a leader in that. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, for us, I mean, we were looking at it like, okay, I mean, in Florida, right? I mean, we probably get more disease and issues than any other place. We got so many different climates in Central Florida, and and uh, so one of the, you know, that's one of our biggest expenses is is spray applications, whether it be fungicides or insecticides or whatever, and and so. You know, the big thing for us was how much money is it really going to save? And, and the tough thing, no matter what company it is, right, that touts, so oh, you're going to save 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 percent, whatever that number is, right? It's obviously yep. different for every golf course. Um, the more you spray, the more you save. And, uh, you know, I think for us, we've probably been close to that 20 percent range, which is significant when you're looking at a huge budget in terms of that. Um, and I think the other part of it is not wasn't even necessarily the savings. I mean, we we wanted to obviously see those, but it was the fact that the applications we were making were going to be accurate. That we weren't going to miss areas. You know, you put out a pre-emergent out on the golf course, and you're using a foam marker, you're going to get some misses. You're going to get some areas that you don't hit, and you're going to get weeds there. And you know, so the the ability to hit every inch of the golf course uh, is a big plus. I know. You know, just from Green's aspect, from our regular sprayer that we had, you know, it was about an acre difference uh, on Green. So when you look at items like um, nematicides that are hugely expensive, um, just one application is a huge savings when you take an acre off of Green's. Um, just because of all the overlap and spraying outside the collars and, and all those things that you don't really have to do anymore. And and so I think from, a, from my perspective and my experience with the sprayer, you know, we've we've definitely seen the benefit of using it, uh, and quite frankly, you know, I expected to have issues with it. I expected it's new. You know, you know, I, I understand you guys have had it out for years, but I'm expecting to see things go wrong because it just hasn't been out, and and really, we've had very minor things. You know, very few of them, uh, in fact. That that, and I know we've had it over a year now. So, you know, both of them, and and so kudos to you guys uh, at deer for uh not putting something out that was you know halfway working right that just slowly you gotta all right we're gonna get better and better every year you know i know sometimes it's challenging with uh competition to really get something out there so that we've got it and it's available um i just kind of felt like that with this and the lack of issues that we've had it's it's been a huge plus for us so uh, kudos to your team. I know Brooks uh, is working on this project as well, and so you know I think you guys have done a great job with that. Just from from my aspect of it, my experience so far with it. Well, Stephen, thanks for sharing that. Uh, that uh, makes us feel uh, feel good. Uh, but we've got lots to still to do, and um, you know I, I think about not only what you said about you know being so accurate and precise and. But there's also other pieces around the globe where regulatory issues are, are really important to um, the local councils and communities and, and being able to have that data record, right, you know, and literally being precise and being able to share that has been also quite uh, advantageous for many superintendents all over the globe with GPS sprayers. 
And so there's so many different facets of the value that these GPS sprayers bring to the marketplace, not only the cost savings, the labor, but this regulatory and being precise. Um, we really feel good about where we are, but we are know we, we're going to get better uh, tomorrow than we are today. And we keep working um, from suggestions like yourself and other superintendents on things that we can do to, to improve it and enhance it. And we will continue to do that in the future for sure. So um, we've been, like I said, we've been very, very pleased with uh, the progress of our GPS sprayer, the acceptance of our GPS sprayer, and quite frankly, the demand today and, and the future demand um, for it in the in next year and beyond for sure. Well, excellent. You know, I I just wanted to say I appreciate you coming on and and uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I look forward to seeing what you guys continue to come up with. Um, any sneak peeks or stuff you want to give away for GIS? Anything I can drag out of you while we're on here? <laughs> that's a you know that's a loaded question. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy to take it. Uh, you know, GIS is is a great uh, show for all of us in the industry, yep. and it's so awesome to see everybody uh, together and and networking and visiting and sharing. And uh, we certainly use the show as an opportunity to uh, introduce our, our latest and greatest. And I think uh, um, you you'll and your colleagues and, and peers in the industry will like what we, uh, we're going to bring to the market. And, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll see if we can't bring some more precision turf solutions in, uh, at GIS in Orlando for sure uh, to the industry. And uh, we look forward to sharing those uh, in just a couple of months. So uh, look for more precision turf solutions uh, there in Orlando at the GIS show for sure. All right, Manny. Well, thank you for your time and, and sharing with us uh, your thoughts. And uh, it's always a pleasure and look forward to seeing you down here in Orlando. And, and uh, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll be looking forward to seeing what, uh, what you guys have at the show. Sounds great, Stephen. I look forward to it. And thanks again, uh, for having me on this evening. I really, really appreciate it. It's been, uh, it's been a great conversation. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you, Manny. Okay. Take care.